going to start this morning with the title, I'm Overwhelmed. Help is on the way. Now, I, I want you to first understand this. Yes, we're in a time of great pressure, a time of where people don't have answers. We're, we're, we're at a place where we're like going, when's this stop? When's this going to end? And, and, and I, I, I just don't know what to do. And we're, we're researching and searching and Googling, crazy Google. I mean, we're doing everything to try to figure this thing out. And it's causing more stress and anxiety in people's lives. And listen, we're going to have to take a Holy Spirit chill right now. We're going to have to chill on this and get to the Word of God and allow it to do what it will do and receive what God has for you this morning. And let's take this to the next day. Let's take this into Monday. Because when we talk about the faith here at Love Life, we say it's about Monday. It ain't about church service. It's about Monday. Because when it comes down to Christianity, it's defined by this. It's about life. It's not religion. It is about life. And according to Jesus, life abundantly. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to receive this word and get impacted by the abundant life. Now, like I said, we all can feel overwhelmed. But also, I want you to understand something. We're not just talking about this time period. Because we can get overwhelmed all the time. We can get overwhelmed at home. We can get overwhelmed at work. We can get overwhelmed on the way to work, right? I know some people, you know, it's it, on a Sunday drive, it might take 20 minutes to their job, but on Monday morning, it takes over an hour. Now, I, I, that's crazy, but you know, that's how, that's how it is. It, it's a busy life we live in. And so when you look at life, you understand that there are many opportunities to be overwhelmed, many opportunities. But see, God's word touches on these things. Oh, what great love. What great love. We think about the scripture, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And we see that great love of Jesus being given, but it's almost like we fast forward to the cross. Then we go, God gave Jesus, fast forward to the cross. But listen, friends, three and a half years, Three and a half years, Jesus was in ministry mode. This wasn't like, okay, I'm starting, let's go to the cross. That's where the end of the beginning was going to happen. But those three and a half years, he was revealing something. He was revealing God's love. He was revealing grace. He was revealing the, the opening of the church. His revelation was gigantic concerning God's care and God's love for you, for me, for us all, for God so loved the world. Not a perfect world, a messed up world. Messed up. But his love was pounding toward us. And now we have the information of that love. And let's experience it because I'm telling you, help is on the way right now. Right now, help is coming to your rescue. You might be thinking, well, I'm not overwhelmed. Yeah, maybe next month you will be. I mean, if you got kids, I'm sure there's some overwhelming going on. Come on, parents, you agree with me. So let's, let's get in this word. Jesus said, turn to, turn to John 14, 27. 
peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Words from the Lord. Don't fear. Don't have anxiety. Don't worry about it. I give you my peace. My peace. He says, I don't give the world's type of peace. I give my peace. The world's type of peace is based upon resources. And y'all understand that. If I can only get this job, I'll be at. If I can only marry this person, I'll be at. If I can only get this, I'll be at. If I can only drive this kind of, I'll be at. If I can only live in this type of house, I'll be at. If I can only be on the lake fishing, I'll be that. If I, and, and that's what we relate peace to. relate peace to stuff. And God's peace goes way beyond that. It's a peace we want. It's a peace we need. Because I might not get that time off, that vacation. I might not get that house. I might not get that car, but I got the peace of God in my life that knows that no matter what I'm going through in life, I can be in a position of comfort and rest, a position of of peace to where my outlook in life is not filled with turmoil, but it's filled with hope. That's the peace of God. You might think, well, how do I know if I'm in the peace? You're in the peace of God. When all hell is breaking loose, I mean, it's all messed up and you're chilling. That's supernatural peace. So I'm going to show you this. That's the peace that we all want. That's the peace we all desire. You agree with that? All right. Good deal. The Lord's peace is a supernatural gift. It goes beyond understanding. Understanding God's peace does not mean absence of of trouble. Let me say that again. Understanding God's peace doesn't mean an absence of trouble. And we think, well, I got God's peace, so everything should be fine. No. And I'm going to show you this. And this is why it's so important, because we live in this world that's filled with trouble. It's filled with messes. My gosh, no one, no one would ever have seen this coming. No one. And look at the world. I'm not talking about a pocket of the world. Look at the world and the mess, the turmoil, the hurt, the anxiety, the frustration, the pain, the death. Look at what's going on right now in just a short period of time. It's affected economies. It's affected jobs. It's affected homes. In just a short matter of time. You want to put your trust in this world? You want to put your trust in government? I'm telling you right now that there is no answers that they have that can bring peace or even hope. Hey, but we serve a God of hope. We serve a God of hope. We serve a God that sent us Jesus to give us that hope and not only give us it, but desire us for desire us to walk in this hope. And that's for us. That's for each and every one of us. Look at John 16, 33. It says this. This is the Living Bible. I have told you all this so that you will have peace of heart and mind. Here on the earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. But cheer up. I have overcome the world. He says, I have given you peace of heart and mind. But while you are here, there's going to be messes. 
There's going to be messes. But my peace gives you the ability to go not only in them, but through them with a different outlook in life. Listen, that is what the salt of the earth, the light of the world, us, that's what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be the people that are living a life with such peace that the world looks at and goes, how can you not be screaming? How can you not be crying? How can you not be freaking out right now? Ah! And we're like, hey, all things work out for good. Everything's going to work out. Everything's going to be fine. And that's what I want you to know. Focus in on God and his word. Not on the situation and circumstances out there. Focus in on God. Listen, overwhelmed, no more. Overwhelmed, no more. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8. This is very powerful scripture that shows us what God expects every believer to understand about pressures, about how the world can literally press in our lives and, and really press hard. Now look at this. We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Isn't that interesting? We are hard pressed on every side. The, the Greek language is, is very cool because it gives you this picture that represents what pressure is like upon a child of God, a person. Take a little BB, take a steel ball, and you press on it. And what will happen is, is that pressure will go all the way around that ball. And you press on it, but it won't crush it. Why? Because on the inside of that steel ball, its force is exerting e either equal or greater force outward. Are you hearing? God's saying, look at this. We are hard pressed. I can feel it. I, you can feel the pressure, but not crushed. Not crushed. That means that the word of God is revealing to you that you're not supposed to crumble. You're not supposed to fold. No, we can feel the pressure. But I'm not going to be crushed because I have a greater force the force of love, the force of God, working in me, pushing out. And when I carry that knowledge, I understand that according to the word of God, I won't be crushed. So the pressures are going to come. These type of situations are going to come. I will not be crushed. The greater one is pushing out in me. And he's pushing out on you too. Listen, this is so important to understand because what God is saying to us, it gives us that hope. It gives us that peace. It gives us the ability to stand even if we don't have all the answers. Even if we're trying to, you know, go through this and go, how am I, I going to do it? And we all do it. You can try to act like you're superman or superwoman of faith. But I'm going to tell you right now, you're still going to go in your head, Man, I don't know how it's going to get done. Because if you think it's all about you and all that, and you're all super, super crazy Superman, then it's you and not God. We need to recognize 
Our wisdom comes from him. It ain't about us. It's about him. I just choose to believe him. I choose to receive from him. I choose to operate in his knowledge, in his wisdom. It's from him. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6 is the number one key. This is number one out of three keys that will help us when we're under pressure. Number one, trust God. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he shall direct your paths. Now look at that. He says, in all your ways, your journey through life, acknowledge him. Matthew 6, says this. Seek first the kingdom of God. The way God does things. Seek him. Put him first. Prioritize him. And he said this, and he shall direct, that means to make straight and level your path of life. I said, awesome. God's saying that you put him first. You acknowledge him. Don't lean to your opinions. Don't lean to your, your thoughts on this. Oh, you're going to have thoughts. You're going to have the opportunity to determine whom you're going to believe, you or God. We all, we, we all do, we all are. And so when the thoughts come in that go contrary to what God's word says, I gotta do something about it. I can't just allow it to take place in my head. I've gotta know that this is a battle going on. I gotta take authority over a thought that's contrary to what God's word says. If I believe it or not, I still have to do this. It's not about, do I fully understand this? Do I fully grasp the meaning of this truth? No, what I need to do is believe God, period. I sent my children to school. They go to school and they learn information. They start off with one plus one equals two. They don't question it. They don't go further than that. They start with one plus one equals two. If you can't figure that out, you cannot go to algebra. You cannot go to anything higher than one plus one equals two. You have to get that understanding first. It's the same way with God. We're trying to get into the deeper spiritual truths of God. When what you need is elementary truth that God loves you, that he's for you, he's with you. He's got a plan for your life. He thinks good things over you and grasps that love, understand that love, walk in the foundation of that love. And that gives you a great ability to trust him. Trust him. Trust him. The second key is this. Keep your focus on Jesus. Keep your focus on Jesus. Remember Peter? Peter walking on the water? That's awesome. Peter did a lot of things that were questionable. Peter, Peter stuck his foot in his mouth a lot. But he's like, you know, I, most people, you know, they just want to impress, impress. Hey, hey, hey. And Peter wanted to press a lot. And he wanted Jesus to know that, hey, I'm there for you. I'm a man of bands. My abilities will carry me through. And we saw what happened each time he tried to throw that at Jesus. We don't need to be that person. Humble yourselves. What does that mean? Walk around like wimps? Hum, humble. No, it means be teachable. Be teachable. 
Let God's word teach you. Don't be a know-it-all. Receive. Receive his word. But listen to this. Here we have the picture of the disciples on the, on the water, and it's stormy, and things are going bad right now. And it's three in the morning, and these guys have been just being battered by this storm. And the winds are blowing against them. They've had to drop the sails, and now they're rowing, and they're rowing into the wind. And I've been on a, I've been on a boat in a stormy, windy time, and I'm telling you, you, you it's, it's a losing cause unless you got a big motor to get past that, a motor that's stronger than the wind. And I've been where I had just a little trolling motor and I ain't going nowhere but backwards. So you, you just sit there going, and you're going backwards. You want to get out of it, but you're just like, Grr. so it's like, get out of the boat and you know, wait till this wind passes. But here he says this, look at this stuff. Matthew 14, verse 27. Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. What is he talking about? Well, they screamed out, it's a ghost, they're Jesus. Jesus walking on the water in the middle of a storm. They're tired, they're overwhelmed. They see Jesus on this moving water and they scream, it's a ghost. <laughs> Now, me thinking, why would they say that? Well, because this is one of the tales. These guys were fishermen. And one of the tales was this, that when you see a ghost, y'all going to die. That's it. Once you see a ghost in turmoil and calamity, death is knocking at your door. So they're freaking out right now. Oh, my gosh, it's a ghost. And Jesus does what? What do you believe in ghosts? What's wrong with you guys? No, he doesn't do that. Jesus is so cool. He's so awesome. He does this immediately. Hey, it's me. Take courage, guys. Don't fear. It's me. Oh, my goodness. So you don't hear this stuff in religion. You only hear this in truth. Jesus cares about the situation you're in. He cares about you. And I'm telling you right now, if you listen, he's going to be saying the same thing to you. In your storm of life, hey, it's okay. Take courage. Don't be afraid. I'm telling you, I hear his voice. And I know he's speaking that right now. Peter says, Lord, if that's you, command me to come out there. Speak your word. And I'll come out there. Oh my gosh, I, I'm telling you, Peter, even though he was, he did some dumb stuff, stuff like this, you're like going, you go boy. I mean, can you imagine the other 11, what they're doing? Dude's crazy. Peter's always opening his mouth, saying dumb stuff all the time. You know, they're sitting back there going, oh my gosh, you believe him? They're all sitting there going, Jesus is out there walking on water. Peter's like going, hey, call me, Lord, call me. I'll come out there with you. <laughs> what does Jesus do? Come. Oh my gosh. Come on. Come out here with me. It's cool. I'll be riding on these waves. It's awesome. <laughs> Peter gets out of the boat and starts walking toward Jesus. We're not talking about he's right next to the boat. He gets out there a distance 
to Jesus. And he's walking out there. And I'm telling you, his focus is on the Lord. His focus is on that word that said, come out to me. And he is walking on that water. And all of a sudden, in all that excitement and all that, you ain't supposed to do that. You think you can't do that? He's doing it. But in all that, he starts going, looking around and realizing, what am I doing? Oh my gosh, I can't do this. Dude, you've been doing this. This is how the enemy works. You do some great things and then he tries to get you. Don't look at these great things. Look at what you can't do. You can't do this. And God's been carrying you and and taking you through this journey, doing great things. But we get caught up like, oh no, what am I doing out here? And it says that he began to sink. But watch this. Jesus grabs him. See, Jesus is coming toward Peter. Peter is coming toward Jesus. When? In the middle of a storm. It's not calm. The storm is still going on. And Peter is now sinking. Jesus grabs hold Peter. It says immediately, Lord, I'm, I'm sinking, Lord. Jesus grabs him immediately. Hey, listen, he didn't say, Peter, you need to drown a little bit to learn something. You should have kept the faith, brother. A little bit more. I'm going to teach you something. Okay. See, you should have carried the faith, bro. See, that's what religion wants you to see. God's word doesn't show that. God's word shows Peter sinking, not drowning, starting to sink. Immediately, Jesus grabs him. I'm going to save you, my son. Grabs hold of him. And then, only then, when he is secure in the arms of Jesus, does the Lord Speak to him. And what does he say? Oh, you of immature faith. Why did you doubt, Peter? Can you imagine this? They are out in the middle of the ocean. Jesus has Peter. Peter's like going, thank you, Lord. Oh, man, I was going down. And Jesus says, oh, Why did you doubt, Peter? Your faith, man, you got to grow that faith up. Grow that faith up. You were walking on water, son. That's awesome. You were walking on water. I was, I, the Lord, was walking on water. And so were you, Peter. But you got your eyes off me. You focused on the circumstance. Get your focus back on me. Come on, Christian. Come on. You might not even be a Christian, but you're hearing these words and going, oh man, this is good stuff. Exactly. That's what drew me into this faith. I started hearing good stuff. I started hearing this love. I started hearing this, this passion of this God that cared for me, that had a plan for my life, that had dreams about my success. My gosh, he's a good God. And he loves you. You might not have experienced that love yet, but I'm going to tell you right now, 
Hold on, because you're about to. You're about to experience it. We that have received, oh my goodness, we're like going, I know, I know what this is about. This is good stuff. This is good stuff. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Why? Because sometimes we sink a little bit. Sometimes we get down, we're sinking in this water. We're going, I'm a Christian. I've been saved for a long time. Why am I sinking? Hey, don't we all, I mean, don't we all sink a little bit? But the Lord Jesus grabs us. He grabs us. And then he says, he doesn't say, that's okay. At least you tried. You're such a sport. Come on. No, he's not doing that. Why? Because he wants our success. He wants water walkers. He wants water walkers. I'm going to be walking on water. This coronavirus, I don't care what virus comes around. I'm going to be walking on water. The storms are happening, but I'm going to be walking on those storms. I'm going to use them to my advantage. They go up, I'm going to slide right down. Whoop. It'll be good. It'll be good. We must keep our eyes on Jesus. That's his word. Keep your mind off the circumstances. Keep your mind focused on the Lord. Amen? Now, listen, Jesus did the same thing. In God's word, in Hebrews 12.2, it says this. We must focus on Jesus. And this is the God's word translation. We must focus on Jesus, the source and goal of our faith. He saw the joy ahead of him. He saw the joy ahead of him. So he endured death on the cross. He ignored the disgrace it brought him. Then he received the highest position in heaven, the one next to the throne of God. Jesus himself had to focus in on something. We all have to focus in on something. Listen, friends, the truth is, is you're focused in on something. Right or wrong, you're focused in on something. What the Lord is showing us in his word is, is we need to change our focus toward him. Focus in on him. He focused in on the joy set before him. You have the cross. You have the pain before the cross. You have the pain in the cross. You have the greatest pain of all, the father turning away from the son. There's massive pain moving toward the cross and on the cross, but he had the ability to endure. That doesn't mean he was pain-free and nothing was wrong. No, the pressure was on Jesus, but he didn't get crushed. Why? Because the pressure within him was pressing out. And that was the joy set before him. You know what that joy was? You and me. You and me. You might be thinking, well, no, I think it was what he said is that he was going to be seated next to the father. Are Are you kidding me? That whole purpose of being seated next to the father is all about us. Jesus was sent because it was all about us. Jesus walked on this earth because it was all about us. And Jesus rose again because it was all about us. And he's seated on the right hand of the Father, making prayers 
confessing over our life because it's all about us. My goodness, it's all about you. It's all, oh my gosh, he loves you. It's all about you. Isn't that beautiful? Fix your eyes on Jesus. Listen, Hebrews 3 verse 5 says this. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I love this because it's actually in a double negative. He says this, I will never, never leave you. No, no, no. I will never, never forsake you. He drives that point home. That's God. I'm not leaving or forsaking you. I'm with you. I'm going to stay with you. Number three, receive God's peace. Receive God's peace. Number one, trust God. Number two, keep your focus on Jesus. Number three, receive God's peace. Philippians 4, 7 says this, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds. It will what? The peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God will guard, protect, watch over, defend your heart and your mind. The Living Bible says this. This is beautiful. If you do these things, and that's where it said, and the peace of God. If you do these things, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. Now think about this. He's sharing with us something very powerful about the peace of God but he also tags it by saying, but you need to do something. We trust God. We focus in on Jesus. But we have to receive peace. And in receiving peace, there are four things that we need to do. And this is why it's so important to see this. Because, listen, remember Jesus said in um, John 14, 23, he says this. Those who hear me and do my words are the ones who love me. Those who hear me and do. Remember on, in, in the house in the Matthew 7, 24, where he said, build the house on a strong foundation, on a rock. And when the winds and the storms and the rain and the, and the floods come, you will stand. And he says, I will liken that person, that person to be wise because they hear my word and they do my word. They hear the truth and they apply the truth. And friends, that is the definition of being a wise man or a wise woman. You not only have information, but you do the information. You apply it. And that's what we are going to do. We're going to apply this stuff. Why? Because this stuff is life. This stuff is empowerment. This stuff will change you. This stuff will impact you. This stuff will heal you. This stuff will set you free. My God, he's going to do great things. This word of life is going to bring life right now, right now. Now, four things to do to experience God's peace. Four things to do. We're going to go to the previous uh, verses after, before 4-7, Philippians 4, 4 through 6. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, 
present your request to God. If you do these things, there are four things in these, this scripture that we need to do. You're going to love this because these four things are impacting. The first thing, choose joy. Choose joy. Joy is not just a feeling. It's a decision. You understand? It's something you have to choose to have. You can't wait for a joy. You have to receive and walk in joy. It's yours because God's word says, rejoice. He didn't say, when everything calms down, when everything goes away, then you can get happy. No, no, that's the world's joy. It's got to go my way, the way I want it. But God's joy is supernatural. This is what makes us so real and so powerful because we go through a lot of stuff on this earth. A lot of things that are, that are ugly, that are not, not nice. We go through issues of life that, I mean, we're like going, I didn't cause this. We go through pain. We go through people that break trust, that hurt us. We go through a lot, people, but God's word is trying to say, listen, I can help you if you'll only receive this information and get, grab hold of this and walk in it. You can have the health and wholeness that I came to give you. I want you to have it, the Lord is saying. I want you to have this. So we choose joy. First Thessalonians 5.16 says, rejoice always. Not sometimes. Rejoice always. Nehemiah 8.18 says, The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. So I have to make a choice to rejoice. Psalms 118.24 says this. This is the day the Lord has made. I choose to rejoice and be glad in it. I say this scripture every single day of my life of my Christian walk every day. Every day I proclaim, this is my day and the Lord made this day for me. And I am choosing right now, right now, no matter what I've gone through, no matter what happened last night, whatever I'm about to get into today, I make this declaration and I say, I choose right now joy. I choose joy right now. I am going to rejoice in this day that Jesus made for me. Woo! Ain't I special? Ain't I special? And you know what? You are too. You are very special. So you need to do the same thing. This is the day the Lord has made for you. Choose to rejoice. Choose to have joy and be glad in it. You got that? This is yours. This is ours, isn't it? Praise God. Number two, don't fear. Verse six, do not be anxious about anything. He says, do not be anxious about anything. This word anxious is marizo. That's a Greek word, marizo. It's very important because it literally means conflicting thoughts. Thoughts that are trying to bring division, dividing. And he says, don't allow thoughts that 
are bringing conflict to God's word, God's truth. When you know the word of God says this, the thoughts start coming against you and start trying to divide that truth, trying to separate that truth. God's word says, don't allow it. Don't allow it to come in. Do not be anxious. Don't allow confusion. Don't allow these things to come into your life. I'm not going to fear. I'm not going to fear. You say this with me. I won't fear. Say it again. I won't fear. Say it again. I won't fear. How about this? I won't fear about anything. I'm not going to. Hey, I'm not saying there's not opportunity. I'm not saying there isn't any storms out there. What I'm saying is I'm making a choice for this to look at God's word above my circumstance. I'm going to choose not to have fear. I'm going to choose to rejoice. I'm going to choose to have no fear in my life. I'm not going to fear. Do not fear is written 153 times in the Bible. 153 times. God is trying to get a point across to all of us. Don't fear. All right? Don't fear. I'm not going to fear. Remember, when Jesus was walking on the water, it was a storm. When Peter got out of the boat during a storm, as long as he was focused on Jesus, the storm didn't matter. Think about it. Jesus comes in the middle of the storm. If it was an issue, if it was something that's so vital to his truth about how he is and the Father is, would he have not said, calm down, calm down, storm? Okay, guys, have faith. No. He wanted us to understand that we're going to go through storms of life, but if we can focus in on him, if we can choose joy, if we can get fear out of our lives, storm doesn't matter. The virus doesn't matter. Whatever comes our way doesn't matter. Whatever happened in our past just doesn't matter. I'm going to be at peace. And I know you will be too. Listen, we all have an open door to the fear, but we got to make sure that we control these thoughts. And thoughts do what? They affect our attitude. And our attitude is in what we will decide and act out. I want to keep my thoughts in line to what the word of God says. Number three, pray. This is a word that really affects people in a negative, I believe, more than anything else. Only because there's a lack of understanding of what the word of God is trying to say to us. And the word pray would have been the better translated talk, <laughs> communicate. Because they've turned this into religion, that is, has turned this into, I mean, something ugly. And all the Lord has wanted us to do is, is to communicate with him, talk with him. Look through the Bible. Look at Abraham and Moses. And look at all the patriarchs. And there's this communication with God. There's this, not this religious action. They came with the Pharisees and scribes and the Sadducees. That came with religion. Religion came with this, this heavy and this weird tone and this weird voice. 
This ain't God's word. God's word wants us to communicate to him. It's a natural principle. And all natural principles line up with spiritual truths. We communicate to one another. And we do what? We communicate to one another in different ways. Based upon what? Relationships, how close someone is to you. I talk to my boys differently than I would talk to, you know, people that I like, people that I know, friends. I'll talk differently to them. I'll talk differently to my wife. I'll talk differently to the neighbor. I'll talk different to, to the people in my life will determine how I relate to them in my communication. That's, that's how God's operating with us. Life. Communicate to him. Man, there are times I'm screaming. There are times I'm crying. There's times I'm, I'm frustrated. There are times I'm happy. There are times I'm, I'm like, you know, I don't have a clue. I'm really tired right now, God. Either way, I talk to him every way. And that's what God's word says. God's word literally says that we are to, Ephesians 6, 6.18, praying always with all prayer. Praying always with all prayer. That literally means with all kinds of prayer. Communicating to God with different ways to communicate to him with. That's what the scriptures are showing us in the New Testament. It's not relating to one way of prayer. It's relating to different ways to communicate to the Father. Based upon the situation. Based upon the need. Based upon what you're doing in your talk with God. And this is so important to understand. It literally brings us to a relationship, not a religion. And that's what God wants. He wants you to talk with him. He wants you to understand that we communicate tied to the information that we have been brought up in. And that communication can lead us in a good direction or a bad direction. You know, the mind is filled with all these different pathways. And all these different pathways affect us. If we have certain fears and doubts and worries and we get into the faith and we, we receive Jesus and start walking out this Christian walk, this follower of Jesus life, it affects us. And that's why we have to change the way we think. And you can, you literally can change the pathways of your mind. This is so powerful. Um, Dr. Carolyn Leaf, this woman is awesome. But I want to read something from her. It, this is very powerful. This comes from Switch on Your Brain. I have this book on audio form. Uh, I didn't want to get the written form. I got a little lazy on this one. But Dr. Karen Leaf, she's a neuroscientist. She's got actually a lot of masters and PhDs and MSCs and all this. I mean, a whole lot of stuff. This, it means she's way smarter than us. Let's put it that way. But listen to what she says in, 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 her, in her book. She says this. It has been found that 12 minutes of daily focused prayer over an eight-week period can change the brain to such an extent that it can be measured on a brain scan. Oh my gosh. Talking with God continually can be measured. Do you see this? It is going to impact and influence your thoughts, which will impact and influence your attitude, which will impact and influence your life. That is awesome. Is it not? Oh, this is good stuff. Good stuff. Prayer changes us, people. It heals the mind. Talking with God brings healing, wholeness, Deliverance, it is good. It is 
good. We got to talk to the Lord all the time. Psalms 55, 2 says this, cast your cares on the Lord. Talk to God. Cast your cares, talk to God, and he will sustain you. Cast your cares and he will sustain you. 1 Peter 5, 7. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Cast all your anxiety on him for he cares for you. Cast all your worry, cast all your fear, cast all your joy, cast all your happiness, cast all your questions. You cast, you talk to God. Talk to God. This is so vital, so very, very, very important. I, I like to put it this way when we're communicating. I'll give you three, three looks at talking with God. And it goes like this. Watch. Can you do this for me? There's one. Can you do this for me? Two. Do this for me. Three. Those are three different ways of prayer or three different ways of communication. We're not monotone. It's not, canest thouest, doeth this for meeth, pleaseth, for the favoreth, godeth, in heaveneth. God is crazy. We talk to our Father. We communicate this relationship is tight. He wanted it to be that way. A tight relationship because he loves you so, so much. Number four, be thankful. Be thankful. Verse six continues. We're to give thanksgiving. Give thanksgiving. I don't just talk to God and say, God, can you and will you and help me? And then click off. I continue with, thank you, dad. Thank you so much for listening to me. Thank you so much for hearing me. Thank you so much that your word says that I'm to cast all my care to you. I don't get it, but that's what you wanted me to do. And I thank you that you care for me so much that you don't want me to carry these cares. That is, God, you're so good. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And that's what I do. That's what we all should be doing. When we talk with God, when, we, when we're communicating to him, and I do this all the time, all the time. Why? Because I don't have a quote prayer time. Prayer time is easy to shut down. I'm done with my prayer. I finished my prayer. I don't believe in that. You want to spend time in the morning praying, good for you. I'm not putting no quota or timeline on that because all that does is put prayer in a box. And you get in that box, you pray, and you get out, and then boom. Y'all, I don't need to pray no more. That's not what this is about. That'd be like, man, you think about having a relationship in your home and your family. I'm going to give you 10 minutes in the morning. That's it. Okay, we'll get this, we'll get this talk in for 10 minutes, and we're done for the day. Listen, that sounds silly, doesn't it? But that's what happens. That's what takes place. We need to be doing it all the time, talking with God all the time. Yeah, you can get alone. Get away with them. That's fine. But that should not be the prerequisite of spending time with the Lord. 
Man, the, the, the most times they need to talk to them is when things are a mess and people are all around the place, when things are going, ah! Not when everything's going, oh, everything's tranquilo, tranquil, tranquil. Everything's soft. Everything's nice. I got the praise music in the background. Oh, it's so peaceful. No, 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 no. I need to be talking to God all the time. And casting the care, that, that ain't in quiet time. That's when things are a mess. Talk to God. Talk to God. He loves you. Talk to him. Talk to him. And use that voice reflection. He don't have a problem with that. He already knows. He already knows. So we got to be thankful. Amen. First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. Not for everything. In everything. Religion likes to translate it for everything. Blaming God on evil. Blaming God that this is God's coronavirus. Man, God has nothing to do with that but healing. This is of the enemy. This is of the devil. This is of evil men's hands or whatever. But the point of the matter is, is this has nothing to do with God. God does not steal, kill, or destroy. That's what the devil does. Jesus comes to give life and life more abundantly. Not steal, kill, and destroy. This is not from God. This is from God, what I've been talking to you about. How to overcome, how to win, how to have victory in the midst of this nasty stuff. Why? Because the world needs to see it. The world needs to see this body of Jesus on this earth standing strong. This group of people that have hope, that have peace, that have a vision, that they know that they know that they know this shall pass. But we're not waiting for it to get better to be better. We're better right now. <laughs> Come on. We're better right now. And you are too. I know you are. So be thankful. Amen. Be thankful. Listen to this. 1 John 5.14. 1 John 5.14. I love this scripture. Now this is the confidence. This is the boldness that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Well, what's according to his will? Well, you can fill in the blanks with a lot of religious information, or you could just use God's word. According to his will, cast all your cares. According to his will, don't fear. According to his will. I mean, you can look through all of this information and see that according to his will is you lining up to God's word, God's truth, God's desires, God's passion, God's destiny. And in your life, communicate those truths to him. That's what he's wanting. He wants you to talk like him. That's beautiful. That's what he wants. That's a loving God we serve. When we talk to God, he listens. Listen, when we find ourselves overwhelmed, when the pressure's getting a little tough, well, we already seen in scripture that we, we won't be crushed because we have that force pressing out. We can feel it. Ugh. Jesus said, you build your house on the rock. Don't worry about it. There ain't going to be storms. There ain't gonna, no, he said, they're going to come, but you'll stand. You're going to stand in this. You're not going to get crushed. We're not going to be overwhelmed no longer. Help came. So what are we going to do? Well, we're going to choose joy. We're going to not fear. We're going to pray. 
and we're going to be thankful. That will enter us into the peace of God. The peace of God that passes all understanding, choosing joy, not fearing, communicating with the Father, and being thankful. Can we trust God? Can we focus in on Jesus? Can we receive the peace of God? Can you? Listen, these words are truths to us. It's words that are for you today. I know that many of you, before we had this talk, were dealing with a lot of stuff. There's some about you, some out there right now that you're not connected with Jesus. But after hearing stuff like this, you're like going, why wouldn't I? Exactly. Isn't that true? Why wouldn't you? Now, I can understand. Don't get me wrong. I can understand if you heard a bunch of religion, a bunch of ugly. Man, that sucks. I, it turned me off, too. I was anti that. That was, that was ugly to me. But when truth started getting into my life, it started drawing me to it because it was something that I knew I needed. It's something I knew what I wanted. I have been raised up with a passion to win. I love to win. And when I started hearing the true gospel, I saw winning, not losing. I want you to win in life. I want you to receive this. If you've already accepted Jesus, apply the truths. If you haven't accepted Jesus, it's time. It's time for you. So I'm going to help you in the introduction to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's very simple. You're going to call on him. You're going to talk to him. Say this. Say, Jesus. Go ahead, repeat this with me. Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. Jesus, I believe in you. And I want to know you. Not religion. I want to know you. Because I want a relationship in the family of God. I want to be a part of this family. Your father, your papa, my papa. That's what I want. So Jesus, I receive you right now into my heart. I believe in the Lord Jesus. And I thank you for answering my prayer right now. Thank you for this new life. Thank you for forgiving me and setting me free. I am a child of yours. Praise God. 
For I'm so happy for you, and I'm so excited for you, and all you followers of Jesus out there, I'm proud of you hooking up and connecting and pressing in and leaning forward to receive what God has for you. This is the day the Lord has made. We're going to rejoice and be glad in it. We're going to win, and we're going to fight to the finish, and we will not be crushed. God bless you all. I love you, and I'll see you next week. 